White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Right after, grand slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter. It is at EchnerWall23. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill, and the show is at Locked On Sox on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Go and subscribe. You can win a Locked On Sox prize pack if you are the lucky person that we pick 312-566-8727 is the way you can leave a voice message leave one during the game after the game just in the middle of the day if you're thinking about something 312-566-8727 or send a email to locked on socks at gmail.com <sighs> tough weekend without any further ado it is chris Tannehill. chris wow it's it's terrible I am terrible. It is episode 238 today on Locked on White Sox, and we are brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCKED15, and that'll get you 15% off your next order. And indeed, Herb, it was a tough weekend. And, you know, when I think about what happened this weekend, you know, you have two teams here that are on a collision course, you know, for October. And, you know, sometimes... When you're not playing your best baseball on the road, you have a team like the Yankees, you know, it's, it, it can be tough to win. And when you ground into as many double plays as the White Sox did, and you're just not playing, man, uh, am I hearing things? Are you hearing a whistle or something? Yeah, I was hearing that too. I thought, I was like, what the hell is going on? I'm looking at my, my screen and I'm like, there's nothing going on here. Happened. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I'm going insane. It's fucking killing me. Yeah. Um, you know, the, thankfully, uh, the White Sox elected to just ground into the double play, and they saved us the the, the pain and misery of hearing the PC Richard and Son uh, jingle. Uh, but they sure struck out their fair uh, amount of times this weekend. And look, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about you know, we're not going to basically make grand proclamations about what happened this past weekend with the White Sox. I think that's counterproductive, um, and it goes against, you know, everything that we stand for as a show. It's all of a sudden getting mad. Like, you know, it's frustrating, no doubt. And there's certainly some problematic things that occurred in this weekend series with the Yankees. But uh, seriously, though, when, when you look at this this thing on a, on a whole, we're going to have some fun today, too. I got I got some bones to pick, and we got some good emails to go through, and uh, I'm looking forward to doing so. But, you know, you look at this Yankees team, and they're a team that's playing some really good baseball right now. Starting pitching has been lights out. You know, they're, they're playing some crisp baseball. You know, situational hitting has been on point. The Sox, for the most part, were able to keep them in the ballpark uh, at, at Yankee Stadium, which is a tough thing. It's a tough place to win, uh, but you got to play your best baseball or at least very good baseball uh, to beat this team. And we have not seen uh, a team like this in a while, uh, the Yankees, you know, since the, the, the Red Sox uh, series, the, the White Sox haven't seen a solid team like this. It's been a while. So, you know, it's it's fair to look at this thing and be like, oh, yeah, that, you know, they didn't bring their A game and, you know, this and that. And it's, it's fair to be upset about it. But at the same time, you know, you're talking about 
three-game series decided by two one-run games and, of course, the one that was not particularly competitive uh, at the back end, a little more lopsided, uh, less lopsided, I should say, than the score indicated on Saturday with Dylan Seas versus Garrett Cole. But that's that's one there where you have their number one going against your number five, and sometimes that happens like that. But basically, when you play poor defense as the White Sox did, when you aren't hitting as the White Sox aren't, um, it's going to be tough to win in a place like that. And above all, this team, the White Sox, are going to look very different when this team meets the Yankees again, which I believe is in July. And hopefully, if all goes yep. well, they'll meet them again in the postseason and the White Sox will look dramatically different with, of course, Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert out there. They could have used those two guys out there uh, this weekend. But, you know, wh- where should we start? There were some questionable decisions made by the manager, and a lot of people are harping on that. Me, not so much. Um, but, you know, I, your, your overall thoughts for this series before we uh, move on to the next segment, because, I, I, you know, the White Sox are still a good team. The Yankees are also a good team. They were very beatable this weekend. I think the Sox uh, did more to beat themselves than the Yankees did to beat them. I agree. And there comes a point where everybody on the team of the White Sox has to agree. OK, going into game three, one dude's not going to beat us. Glaber Torres will not do anything. It, when we have a chance to put him on first, put him on first. Had a chance to pitch around him, do it. But he will not beat us. Repeat it. He will not beat us. And, of course, he comes up in a clutch situation right to start the game. And they elect to pitch to him, and Glaber makes them pay for it. I just I, I don't get it. I, is it is it ego? I don't, I don't know what it is. Why are we continuing to challenge a guy that's on fire obviously getting all the clutch hits when needed to this weekend and that is my main bone to pick on this whole series besides the hitting it's just the decisions to pitch to a guy that is obviously doing things on a premium level right now so we did that versus Miguel Sano uh, that game we lost in Minnesota, in the game we won, didn't we? No, no, they lost the that we one. Lost. They lost that one in extras or in the ninth yeah. or whatever, whatever so, it was. Walked it off, yeah. We did that versus him, and now we do it versus Glaber Torres. It's sometimes it's the prudent move to understand that that guy is on one, and you need to go another way. And even if it's a better hitter on the behind him, if you think it's a better hitter, still this guy is on fire. We need to have another plan to let somebody else beat us because that was. A thing, and he was delivering every time he got a chance. We talked about some of the offensive trends this season, and one of them we talked about very early when the, when the White Sox finally got into first place and they they finally get, got themselves a few games over the five hundred mark. We talked about some of the trends and what got that team there. It was taking a lot of walks, you know, seeing pitches. Um, and not relying on the home run, but still getting the job done. And we talked about that high Babip number. And I was talking to our buddy Carl Martinez, Yankees fan, and you know, before Friday's game, I was like, you know, this this BABIP thing that the White Sox have going on, leading the league in BABIP, batting average of balls in play, which means if you're uh, a newcomer to that sort of thing, it means that by and large they've been lucky. That doesn't mean they're not good. It just means you know 
hits fine holes more so than any other team. But also it's a product usually of hard contact, which they really weren't making <laughs> for the most part in the early going this season. So it was really kind of a statistical anomaly that I thought would regress this weekend. And sure enough, it did. You know, just a lot of bad luck. The double plays, like I mentioned earlier in this, in this show here, really killed this team this weekend. Uh, the lack of home run production until the Sunday game with, with home runs from uh, Abreu, Grandal, and then of course Andrew Vaughn, who we'll get to in a second. Like that, you know, you see finally you can hit the ball out of the ballpark, and all of a sudden you, you can keep up with a team like the Yankees. And but but early on in the, in the series of Friday Saturday, you get the triple play, the bad luck triple play. Vaughn smokes that ball to the wrong guy at the wrong time, and that's really why I love baseball because you have Aroldis Chapman on the ropes there, and you get this fluke triple play. Uh, well executed by the Yankees, but also very fortunate to, to be in that spot, to have that ball hit to uh, to uh, Urshela where it was, and they, they throw it around the horn. And it was just, you know, why you, why you love the game? Because two days later, Andrew Vaughn comes up in a, in a spot where he can redeem himself, and he did, man. He crushed the shit out of that ball, <laughs> turning around Chapman, going opposite field. That, that was a hell of a, an A-B right there to put the Sox – uh, and a tie game there in the ninth, and I, I thought maybe that would be a sign of of, uh, of you know something changing in the, for the positive, and maybe the White Sox could eke out of there with a victory. Uh, but it was not the case. Um, just uh, lots of unlucky things happen, but also you when you look at the the numbers, the expanded numbers, you have to believe this was coming, and it came. And when you have a high BABIP and you have lots of good luck, you know, and you can put yourself in a position where all of a sudden bad luck really hurts you, unless you're hitting the ball out of the ballpark, which they did. Uh, a little bit on Sunday. So that's just something to, to keep in mind there. Yes, they were unlucky, but this kind of has been coming for uh, a while here. So hopefully coming back home, warm weather, you know, they still don't have enough power bats in this lineup yet. Until Vaughn truly gets going and until you get your big sluggers back, it's going to be a problem for this team. And you hope that the BABIP trend doesn't continue uh, to, to hurt them because, you know, for the first month and a half, it's helped them. And you talk about a first three-game losing uh, skid all year. If you told me it would happen, you know, May 23rd, I would take that. You know, that's, that's pretty good. They've been playing good ball up until this point. Um, but we, let's go back to Sunday's game, yesterday's game real quick. You talk about some of the decision-making, you know, pitching to Glaber Torres. And by the way, uh, happy belated Glaber Day. Um, I, I've got something for you for Glaber Day. I'll bring it to the office uh, later today. Um, you know, I hope you got something for me. Glaber Day is my favorite holiday. Um, how, how great was it to hear John Sterling this weekend? Did you listen to any of that? No, I did not. I don't um, like him. <laughs> you don't like him? Um, no. Uh, how come you don't? You don't. I just don't like the whole Yankee thing. <laughs> Wait, Yankees you mean, win. You mean- Yankees win. The Yankees win. You don't like that. No, or I don't like being in George's box. <laughs> They're actually really good. I listened to them a lot this weekend. Um, you know, just to see what other teams think about your team. You know, they had some, you know, not really interesting thoughts, like, you know, but they were very well informed and they seemed incredibly happy that Len and DJ were there. Len and DJ being one of the few radio teams in all of baseball that travel, it seemed like they enjoyed having a road visiting team come in. Um, I, I did think, I will agree with you on John Sterling, I think he got a little carried away. Uh, during Sunday's game, but you know we'll, we'll get to what happened leading up to this. But his final call was a bit outrageous, Herb. Yankees win the enough. Get it out. We get it. Oh, I thought he was done. 
Yankees win! Uh, it was an exciting game there. Uh, Liam Hendricks brought in with the bases loaded in the ninth inning, uh, cleaning up for Aaron Bummer, who got a little bad luck himself with that let leadoff uh, hit reaching base, and you know, you got all of a sudden you got to walk Lemayhew, and just it was you know just an unfortunate set of events there. But the decision, two decisions by Tony Larusa in this weekend series, had a lot of people scratching their heads. Me, not so much because, yeah, you would prefer to have guys out there set up a little bit better, but when you're not hitting, you know, you can focus on these things more than you should. But uh, let's go Sunday first. So I mentioned bases loaded, and all of a sudden you have Liam Hendricks coming in the game to face Aaron Judge with the bases loaded uh, in, in that one. It seems to me that that's not an ideal position to put your closer in. You've paid $54 million to, to get big outs like that. You're not expecting a, a, an uncompetitive uh, pitch sequence as he gave to Judge there. But what did you make of that decision by Tony to uh, put Liam Hendricks in that spot in the game there? It's a very unfair spot that he left him. He, there's no wiggle room. There's no chance for catching your break, catching your release point. So he had him up already. Put him in the game. Give him a clean inning. You know, the whole year, I'm about relievers getting clean innings. Um, I know he wants to save him for extras because there's still a save opportunity if the White Sox score in the top of the 10th or the top of the 11th. And you can't win a game until you actually score the run. So let's get to that point where we can score runs. So you put out your best pitch. I don't mind him putting up Aaron Bummer, but if you're going to go with Aaron Bummer, go with Aaron Bummer the whole time. Yeah. Whatever pitcher you put out there, that's the pitcher you're going to live or die with. You know it's a tie game. So who, which pitcher gives you the best chance to succeed and get to the 10th? And that's what I was thinking. Liam was probably the better move right there. I don't too much mind Aaron Bummer pitching pulling the plug on him like then you had no confidence in him they're in a tough spot with the you know all these games in a row that they have they're playing every day this week and with no off days in between here you know I kind of see where he's coming from Tony that is and I just but I am not a fan of not giving a guy a clean inning I agree with you wholeheartedly there and I, I understand you know the thing though about you know having Liam Hendricks for the 10th it's like you know if you save them and then you, you don't get there then then what you know but the, then by the way the 10th inning is nothing but you know uh, an oddity anyway with the runner on second base like you know that that's a tough spot to put a guy in so you put your guy in in the ninth inning where the inning is clean and he has a, a fair shot because a, a bloop could still win the game and you know in the 10th inning with these dumbass rules like you know and then, and then what you know that you save your your closer for that you know it's kind of a weird situation there for your highest paid and and arguably a best reliever um Cody Hoyer wasn't out there enough this weekend I would say and go back to Friday's game you know the the Evan Marshall thing Evan Marshall's given up hard contact and and he's left out there uh to to finish off the ninth and the Yankees walk it off and the odd thing about that is Hendricks was actually warming uh before that inning so the idea was in Tony's mind okay if we if Sox take the lead here then I'll have Hendricks to, to close it out. But, of course, the Sox end up not taking the lead. It was over before you could blink after that triple play. But it just – I thought after seeing the Yankees do it, and I know they're being they're at home so it's a little different, but they have Chapman out there for the most high leverage outs in the ninth inning. And then I thought Tony would follow suit and throw Hendricks out there, but that was not to be. I, I saw a lot of people you know, were up in arms about that as well on Friday. What did you make of that move? It kind of along the same lines or a different story there on Friday? 
Um, kind of on the same lines there. Like, lose on the best guy you got. Like, when we lost with Hendricks out there the other day, I felt like he wasn't doing the premium things that he usually does because the cleats weren't uh, clear of mud. He wasn't getting his landing spot good. The balls were high, and so he didn't do the job. But then he came in the next day in the high leverage situation to get the save. I don't. I think Tony is. I'm putting in Liam Hendricks when it's a save situation or he needs work. Not hey, it's a chance to get to the next. Yeah, give me this guy right now. He's my best pitcher. That's why he makes the money. Get me to the next, and I'll worry about the next inning. The next inning. But we don't get there unless we have our best opportunity. And there's no way he thinks that Evan Marshall is the best pitcher in that regard. He had Liam Hendricks warming. I think anytime you have your closer warming, the only time you take them down is when you score like a lot of runs and it's not not a safe situation anymore. You don't he doesn't need to throw, put somebody else in. Otherwise, if you're getting that man up specifically, he's got a pitch. Whatever like if you're getting him up just by himself, not anybody else. And then the inning goes the the way that you don't think it's going to happen, and you keep the pitcher in from the eighth inning, fine. But if you put this guy up, you got to get him in the game. There's there's no reason to go to somebody else in that situation because you got to get to the next inning. And I don't know if Tony feels the urgency in May games. They're urgent. They're I mean, we need these victories. Losing to the Yankees hurts. Getting swept by the Yankees hurts. It's the first three-game losing streak. As you said, it hurts. We feel like we're losing momentum. And luckily, the uh, the Minnesota Twins did us some favors with Cleveland, or else it would be a uh, time for Cleveland being be in first place. But yeah. now Minnesota's only nine and a half out. God also, friend, friend Mil Reyes uh, out seven, five to seven weeks uh, for the Indians as well. So they, they, they caught a, a couple of tough breaks there. But I was told, Herb, that... Tony Larusa is a master of the bullpens. You know, he's he pioneered everyone having their own role with clean innings. You know, and I just feel like when you have two one-run games in a series against a you know a potential American League Championship Series preview, and you throw your your top-tier free agents, the guy you threw all the money at, you throw him out there one time, and you leave him on the table on, on Friday nights without even getting him in the game. I just don't think that that makes a whole lot of sense. But let's earmark this show. For September, and I and I and I think it's a conversation that's worth having later on in the year, because managers do, you know, one of the things they can do to help their team win in, in the big picture is manage their bullpen early on in the season and not go to the well too often early in the season. Well, let's earmark this show for September. Hopefully, the White Sox are in a position to clinch, and Hendricks is firing on all cylinders, and this thing kind of takes shape a little. A little better uh, and a little more aesthetically pleasing to us, anyway. But I'm wondering if that is part of it. If it's saving him, you saw Ruiz today in a high leverage spot. You know there was the unearned run there. Otherwise, that would have worked. And people were so angry about throwing Ruiz out there, but he's been pretty good lately. And that's another thing. We saw him in Boston. Tony threw him out there in a high leverage spot. Now you saw him in New York in a high leverage spot. I, I think these are all. I think Tony's playing chess here with the, with the bullpen pieces. I do think there is value in throwing guys in unconventional spots and, and putting guys in positions that on paper 
seem like that would be tough to succeed. I don't know how the players would feel about it, but now if you have Liam Hendricks coming in in a bases loaded situation later on uh, this week, even against the Cardinals, or you know, in the in the eighth inning, like in a spot earlier on the ball game, then you know it won't be so foreign to him. But I, I just you know, if I was Liam Hendricks, I would not be uh, thrilled with my usage in that spot because you know you, you have. If you have no feel, the game's over. Clearly, he had no feel for the strike zone, and the game was over like that. So we'll, we'll monitor this bullpen thing and see how it works out. But I'm not a fan of it. People were so mad. And I think Tony has become the avatar of whenever people get angry about the team this year. And whenever they lose, got to be Tony's fault. Oh, it's got to be. You know, you score one run on Friday. Tony, what are you doing, Tony? Liam Hendricks is still out there. Like, you're not going to win many games by scoring only one run. And you'd have had bad luck in that one. But it's just uh, it's it's getting old. And I, I understand where people are upset. But this team's got to perform better. they got to start hitting better. And you're not going to win uh, against the top-tier teams playing like they did this weekend. So uh, any last thoughts of this Yankee series uh, before we move on to some uh, some bigger-picture stuff and some fun stuff next segment? The Yankees are good. I don't think they're great. Um, I think the White Sox, uh, with the full staff, kills Garrett Cole. His stuff was not premium, and he still didn't scoring runs. I think the White Sox are just in a slump as a team. They've been since they left Minnesota. And so I'm encouraged as much as you can after getting swept. Yeah. Because I know that team is not better than my team. So, yeah. I know that they didn't have Stanton, but that's a common theme. He's always hurt. So yeah, I, we're we're good. I, I think we can we can battle that Jordan Montgomery thing is not a a thing that I'm worried about, and neither is Jamison Tyone. Oh. And we, of course, of course, both times we faced that bum, um, a Chapman got got to him. So I'm I'm not even worried about that. Enjoy your triple play, you bum. <laughs> yeah. That hard as shit. And then the next day you saw what happened, bum. Yeah, it, it didn't help that TA's not hitting either. Like that really kills this team when TA's not setting the tone. But Abreu did come around. And that the funny thing about Abreu is, real quick here, he often puts too much on his shoulders. But I, I think a weekend like this, they really needed him to step up. And it took him till Sunday to finally uh, yank one out of the ballpark. But it looks like he's still playing hurt a little bit. Like he st- you know, stumbled out of the box early on in that game and it looks like he's still nursing that bad ankle so they do need him sometimes like you know it's it's not a far-fetched to think if you're Jose Abreu man this team needs me right now they do when TA's not hitting you know when when uh, the blood and guts isn't hitting then the heart and soul Abreu needs to hit so I I think next time I'm facing this Yankees team it'll be different and they're they're a solid team and they play clean fundamental baseball I think they did have some good Babbitt luck this week with a lot of those bleeders going through Uh, that helped too but they're a good team and and They'll be there, but that AL East is going to be a dogfight between the Red Sox and the Rays as well. So, and the the Blue Jays too, too on the come up. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man, uh, it'll be fun uh, to see where these two teams line up uh, a couple months from now when uh, maybe you're talking about a Luis Robert uh, return or at least a timeline, maybe a rehab start. And speaking of rehab starts, uh, Adam Engel will be doing a rehab start this week. Uh, so hopefully we'll see him back uh, next week. That would be nice. So we'll take a quick time out here and. I am mad at Jake Lamb, as anyone else is, okay? I'm extremely mad at Jake Lamb. I'll tell you why next, and we'll open up the mail back here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Wealthfront. You know, stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun, but if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. 
Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences that you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax-loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Weatherfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash MLB. That's Wealthfront.com slash MLB. All you need to get started is 500 bucks. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed slash MLB to start growing your savings, go to Wealthfront.com slash MLB and get started today. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans like you. The app is for free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Look, Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join a conversation about any league that you like. You'll find fans just like yourself on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to the big news or rumors of the day. You can even find Locked On hosts across the NBA, MLB, and NHL. We here at Locked On White Sox, we're going to join Locker Room very soon, and we can't wait to talk to you guys there after a big game. Go to the iOS App Store and download Locker Room for free. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter page, and join the MLB, NFL, NHL group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms there around your favorite teams and leagues. I can't wait to join you guys on the app. I'll be sure to let you guys know once the Lockdown White Sox room is live. So download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Lockdown Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Lockdown Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I'll get to Jake Lamb in a second here, but should we open up the mailbag? Let's do it. A lot of emails. We're going to try to get to some. There's another email. I love email. And if you love emails, if you love writing emails, if you love hearing emails get read, how can the Locked on White Sox listener get their email read on the show, Herb? Send it to LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. That is LockedOnSocks at gmail.com with your questions, comments, White Sox related, MLB related, doesn't matter. Send them through. Absolutely. And we have a really uh, intelligent one here. And we got a lot of great voicemails this weekend. And you know, a lot of them were, were at odd times. And a lot of people just harping on the same things, you know, uh, on Tony La Russa. But I say by and large, these voicemails were pretty positive. People felt the same way that we did. I got one after Friday. said, yeah, I'm, I'm upset that the Sox lost. Um, but this was an awesome game. And it feels like the playoffs, and yeah, you want your team to win and do better. Uh, I believe that was George from East Garfield Park checking in. But I, I love the tone this weekend uh, by some of the uh, the voicemailers. So now, with that said, let's get into yeah. And before that goes off, I got to mention Rodon, absolutely filthy. Thirteen oh, days, just amazing. Lost in all the loss on Friday. My hat, I'm gonna tip it to him. He is just see so you're m- way past anybody's expectations. He is the AL Cy Young uh, as of right now for me. That's right now. Playoffs start today. Is he your game one starter? Oh, yeah. Yep. 
I agree. There's there's nothing else. There's no better pitcher going in the American League. I maybe haven't watched the National League, and I know Degrom's uh, rehabbing. There's no better pitcher than Gore right now. He is just unhittable. He's solving my problem or my concern about getting Babbitt to death in a playoff game with Dallas Keuchel. You know, like he solves that problem where you may not even have to see Dallas Keuchel in a postseason series because of that. You know, and I, I love Dallas, and he went out there and battled today after you know making a, a dumb move in my opinion, not pitching around Torres, but he went out there and battled today. And I wish I would have seen him out there longer. But all right, let's get to this email here. Uh, this one checking in from our buddy Chuck in Buena Park. Uh, I believe Charles Blackman. I thought Charlie Blackman was checking in saying he wants to come play, uh, but uh, Chuck says this. Hello, Chris and Herb. Just thought I would give you a little insight from a member of the 70-plus club of why Tony should not have asked if it was in his initiative or taken, if it was Reinsdorf request, the Sox managerial position. I am five years younger than Tony and remember his rookie year as a Sox manager when he addressed about 50 fellow civil defense attorney, uh, attorney members of the Illinois Defense Council an organization of Illinois civil defense attorneys at the Union League Club in 1989. I believe he, he's probably thinking 79 here uh, instead of 89. Uh, he gave a brief speech and was very impressive. He was very dynamic, young, thoughtful, quick on his feet, baseball man who had an academic background and was a licensed attorney. He was passionate on the Sox and anxious to show that the Sox on the field would not be second to anyone, not even the Cubs. Over the years, I followed his career closely. I was sickened when he was fired by Harrelson, who was a disaster as a GM. Heartened by his success in Oakland and St. Louis, where he had World Series championships in both cities. In his enshrinement in the Hall of Fame, he re reached a deserved pinnacle of his profession. I myself, as a civil trial lawyer for over 40 years, practiced at great law firms and practiced in the Cook County court system, which is exciting and challenging, but often very stressful. I was fortunately able to retire at the age of 66. Five years out of the practice, I occasionally wander down to my loop office to talk to my former partners, and I'm grateful that I no longer practice trial law in Cook County. It's not bad being in your 70s. I bicycle, lift weights, read, socialize with my friends, and even play video games, not Grand Theft Auto, ich. Uh, I'm grateful to be alive and have a great wife, family, and friends. But part of aging is realizing and accepting you're not a 25 to 35 or 45, 55, or even 65 years old any longer. Even I, a healthy 72-year-old, cannot match the physical capacity and, more importantly, the mental acuity of a 55-year-old. Most attorneys I know who still practice law are really window dressing. They are not in the trenches battling with younger attorneys who are residents of the digital world and are familiar with the mores and values of the millenniums and Gen Z who are potential jurors and vastly different from their boomer contemporaries. These active attorneys in their 70s either own the firm and have younger attorneys fight the tough legal battles or are just advisors in a very limited, limited capacities, just as Tony was with the Cardinals and D-backs. Good comp there. Tony is now, unfortunately, a clueless 70-plus baby boomer. It has always and still is a tenet in good management practice to praise in public and chastise in private. Considering your means alleged transgression, not taking a pitch, a quiet word the next day would have sufficed. You cannot be a guardian of the game using a 1960s code of conduct and manage a 21st century baseball team. A clue to Tony's mentality was that he asked Hall of Fame officials if his current stint with the Sox would jeopardize his Hall of Fame enshrinement, and they said it would not. At that point, he probably thought there was a chance 
to burnish the monument notably, break the all-time managerial wins record of Connie Mack. Instead, he might bulldoze his monument down. As the summer goes on, the stress of travel, heat, split-second managerial decisions, and the public eye takes a toll on decades younger men and will not be any kinder to a 75-year-old man who should know better even if he is enshrined in the Hall of Fame. The only MLB geezer manager who succeeded in his role was lovable, curmudgingly beloved Yankee Casey Stengel, a Hall of Fame member who was hired by the newly formed Mets for comic relief. He was entertaining in the early 60s, becoming bemoaning about his 100-plus lost Mets teams because the Mets were so terrible at the time. In conclusion, the Sox are World Series contenders. I hope I'm wrong about Tony. I do not think I am. Please, Tony, reconsider. Say you have a health issue. Enjoy the fruits of your labor. Go home. Play with your grandkids and bitch about the younger generation with your contemporaries. Obliviousness to the world around you is bad at any age and is bad at 75 and up, unlike at a younger age, is much less excusable. A responsible older adult knows his limitations and with wisdom, often begrudgingly, accepts them. Thanks again for a passionate, insightful, and thoughtful, occasionally too spicy program. Oh, sorry, Chuck. That's Chuck from Buena Park uh, with a very well-thought-out email about Tony La Russa there. Um, very well said by Chuck with, with comps uh, fr- from a similar field. Chuck was not a baseball manager with baseball pants, but he was an attorney. So I, th- I think that's useful insight right there. And uh, I, I kind of agree after what we've seen this week from Tony and the younger players, but I don't think it's going to matter in the big picture. What about you, Herb? I don't think it will, but as everybody says, when he, people who are older get a job, but he's sharp as a tack, though. Like, you got to give that caveat yeah always like oh this we're hiring this guy he's like 65 but he's sharp as a tech still like you know that's (laughs) a normal thing where you're not as as uh, mental acuity is not as good as it was when you were in your 30s as you're in your 40s or 50s the same thing i'm 42 i am not as smart as the guy that was 25 like as all the stuff that goes into producing or even caring about that stuff, as Chuck points out, he's probably not out there like, you know, I need to go out there and dominate. I'm sick of these AJ Hinches out here. No, he's like, go to Cooperstown, see my plaque. Also, I have an office. They have the locker room. You know, those type of things tell me what type of thing he's on. He's uh, running on his old thing and not even caring about, you know, the new guys, how to relate to them. He's like, I'm a Hall of Famer. They need to relate to me. And that's the wrong way to go about it. Yeah, and I don't know if that was that was true what Chuck said. I, I hope it's not true about about Tony checking and see if his he, his Hall of Fame status could be rescinded had things not gone well with the White Sox. I hope that's not the case. Um that was the first I heard that. But yeah, I, I agree with Chuck and not everyone is equal at the at the same ages, right? You look at Joe Madden who uh, just turned 67 and we, we've all met Joe and talk with Joe and we know that he can hang with pretty much anyone of any age like you know there was some uh, the way he exited the Cubs it was kind of like you know there was lots of uh, overtones about 
you know, you know, the studying millennials for dummies and that type of stuff, like, you know, thinking he couldn't relate to these guys. But I think people are, are people and people who are good at managing people can relate. And, and I worry that Tony is, uh, has lost that or, you know, uh, Bernie Miklas, who's a, a great columnist and radio guy in St. Louis was on the score this past week. And, you know, that's something that I should have brought back for the show here, but you guys can check out the pod- podcast on the Odyssey app. But Bernie was, was sort of selling on the fact that, Tony creates this he's running from the Tony LaRusso playbook right now where this whole thing where he likes this air of mystery when the, when his team comes into town like what's going on over there there's a lot of drama and boy they carry themselves with a with a lot of confidence and swag and you know they they like Tony likes his teams to be in the the minds rent free of the opposing team but also that he is cool with creating a rift in the clubhouse if it's at his uh, expense because he knows that will only galvanize the players, which it has so far. And that's why we talked about it last week, how I'm not concerned about the unity in this clubhouse. But but Bertie Miklas was saying that Tony is, is totally cool with him being the bad guy if it bonds the clubhouse one way or another, because we all know that's the most important thing, is that the clubhouse is in good shape. So uh, thank you, Chuck, for the email. And uh, real quick here, uh, I was uh, I don't even know if we have time for this. I'll have to get to Jake Lamb uh, later on, because uh, I, I, we are out of time here, and uh, I want to watch the mayor of East Town with my wife. Uh, we'll take a quick time out here. Who's that? <laughs> That's a show on HBO. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll take a quick time out here. On... Rich people with HBO. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Using my parents' login, though. <laughs> Back after this on Locked on White Sox. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. There's so many things you could bet on each and every day at BetOnline.ag. It's got all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, hockey, and even your UFC MMA action. Got a huge series with the Cardinals this week. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the latest news and odds, and you can sign up for bonuses and contest information. If you're someone who likes to play the Dow, you can bet on what the final digit of the Dow is going to be each and every day, okay? When I tell you they have everything, they have everything. I'm also looking at the hot dog eating contest this year, Joey Chestnut. Right now, the over-under set at 74 and a half hot dogs for Joey Chestnut for for Wednesday, June 30th, 2021, the hot dog eating contest for this year. You want to bet on the New York lottery? You can do that. You can bet on whether or not the number is going to be odd or even. I'm telling you, they've got all your betting needs covered here at Bet Online. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the postseason. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget our promo code. Locked on at Bet Online. That's promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. All right, we'll get to Jake Lamb some other time. Uh, hopefully, it'll be a blowout tonight against the Cardinals and we'll just have some more fun. Um, but Cardinals series, baby. Tony, Tony and his old team going at it. Uh, tough pitching matchups. Uh, it's going to be a good series if you like uh, starting pitching. You've got, of course, uh, in the Monday game here against the Cardinals tonight on the bump is Lance Lynn going for the Sox. you got to feel good about that. 
uh, going up against Kwong Young Kim, who's having himself a good year for the Cardinals. Tuesday, the big Giolito versus Jack Flaherty matchup. The Harvard-Westlake High School graduates going up against each other. And, of course, their pitching coach, Ethan Katz, uh, is going to be in the house uh, to watch it all unfold. And then Wednesday, Rodon versus Gant. So we'll have all those games uh, recapped the following morning at midnight. So tonight's Cardinals game will be recapped and posted at midnight. So it should be a fun series, but uh, the Sox are still, you know, they're not going to get any breaks here. Uh, with this Cardinals team, but as we sit here recording, they're still playing against the Cubs, and it's not a long trip into Chicago, obviously. But uh, could be drive back up. Could be, could be. Yeah, that's what they had to do last time. They had to take the Cardinals COVID caravan um, to the South Side, so they won't be doing that. But uh, taking the shit out of the White Sox. Yeah, exactly. They, do that for for uh, superstition they, ways. They really did. Was that the maddest we've ever, we've ever been on the show after that Cardinals doubleheader loss? The doubleheader. Oh <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I can oh, still God. hear. I can still hear the echoes of us cursing out Nomar Mazar here in my basement. But maybe uh, the, the Cubs and Cardinals can keep this one going into the to the wee hours of the morning here. But it's going to be a tough series. And, uh, you know, uh, a quick note about this Cardinals series. Uh, this is huge. This is from Jesse Rogers on Twitter. Covers the Cubs for ESPN. Uh, Joe West will tie the record for most games Ugh. umpired on Monday and then break the record on Tuesday when the White Sox host the Cardinals. And then retire, please, on Wednesday. <laughs> you, if, if anyone could make the moment about him, even more so about him, him just laying his gear down at home plate and retiring and, and waving off the, the crowd who's everyone's flipping him off, that would be great. But those games uh, Monday, uh, tonight, will be on ESPN television. So I, 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 they need to roll Hawk out of retirement here for Tuesday. Tuesday's game to congratulate Joe West live after that game becomes official there. So, yeah, man. isn't that game also on local TV alongside ESPN? So you don't have to listen to whoever it is. Boog well, Shambi. it's I a don't weird. I know if he does that anymore because he does all the Cub stuff now. Right. Yeah. I don't know. You know, because yesterday or Saturday night's Fox game with Joe Buck, that was the only one. That was the only option you had. But yeah. I do think ESPN is the third option, so it'll it'll be uh, interesting there how Joe West is celebrated. So uh, oh, we'll, we'll have all those games broken down. I, it's gonna they're gonna take time out to fucking recognize him, and he's gonna sit there and act like he, he doesn't want it, a, yeah, like a, a standing ovation, <laughs> and nobody's gonna give him. I mean, there's there's Cardinal fans that are gonna be in the crowd, so. They're the best baseball fans, so some of those douches will stand up for Joe. Uh, the White Sox Stadium Ops crew, uh, you know, they should do something special for Joe. Like, you know, so our guy Sox Nerd, he runs the graphics. I think Chris Hubble's still there. You know, they need to do like a, you know, the, the Sox TV team. They need to do like a, a tribute to Joe West. Do like a, a Simply the Best. Uh, when he threw out Burley <laughs> he in threw Cleveland. Out, he threw out Burley in Cleveland, and then when he when he threw out Burley in Baltimore, when he had the consecutive string of, of uh, quality starts, and he ejected and he ejected him for no reason. Yeah, all that stuff, like you know, all those moments, the great White Sox Joe West moments. They should have that set it to simply tur- uh, to Tina Turner, simply the best, and call it a day right there. I think that would that would be a good theater. But uh, that's congratulations, all- I guess, dude. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, so it's what it is. But uh, just a, a fun little wrinkle if you're wondering why they're uh, talking so much about Joe West uh, tonight and tomorrow. So uh, that's all I got, Herb. Uh, frustrating weekend, but better times are ahead, and sometimes that's just baseball, man. What are you going to do? Exactly. So for Chris Tannehill, follow him on Twitter, at Chris Tannehill, me, Herb Lawrence, Ecknerwall23, and our show is called Locked on Socks. You can follow us there on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. 
312-566-8727. And since we're playing the Cardinals, 312-3 is for Baines. 12 is for Mr. A.J. Brzezinski. But the 5-6 is the much most key one. That's for Mark Burley. His team he played for the most, the White Sox, the team he loves the most to this day, it is the St. Louis Cardinals. So I wonder if he's going to be in attendance for these games. Maybe if they go back down to San Louis. Well, it was Mark- funny. You see Big Hurt got him for the Hanging with the Hurt show. Like, Damn I'm straight. surprised. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't watched it yet either. I'm going to, though. But I'm surprised they were able to get him out of a deer stand long enough to, to get down in front of a camera and get down this Zoom. But, yeah, uh, shout out to Big Hurt getting Mark Burley on the show. I'm going to check that out. But, yeah, 312-566-8727 for the voicemail. And locked on socks for Gmail and Gmail for the email. So thank you. It's Chris Tanhill, Herb Lawrence. Thank you for listening to this episode of Locked On Socks.